0: Hello everybody, welcome to the Going Mental podcast. My guest today is Wandile Makwetu, and why I decided to speak to Wandile is because I'm starting a segment on the podcast called South Africa's Future and what I want to do with this segment is to just discuss things with the young South Africans that are up and coming leaders in their field and really to get a grip on where is South Africa going, what our future looks like and what are you think we should do collectively to take us forward um one is a phenomenal cricketer he plays for the knights currently and he was actually captain for the knights at a young age of 21 he also captained the s and 19s a couple of years ago so he's without a doubt seen as a leader in the community in these cricket circles and just speaking to him i can definitely see the leadership skills and leadership talent that he has and I look forward to following his career. He gave us some great insights. He gave us some some cool things to think about. And to be honest, for a 21-year-old, he is a very level-headed, or oh, he's a very level-headed guy. And I really just thoroughly enjoy chatting to him. So without further ado, enjoy the conversation.
1: Just listen. coaches that I've worked with I've found are the guys who challenge the way you think about batting and they don't feed you the answers so yeah
0: you were telling me about Bloom and the way you you've started to adapt there and things yeah. have you made some good mates there? yeah like?
1: so it's really different from Johannesburg um, yeah. much quieter city much slower but I'm enjoying it and the guys different lifestyle there so yeah uh, but different from the friends that I have here in Johannesburg and, yeah, yeah. and the friends that I, st- that I have studying in Cape Town But yeah, I really enjoy the guys. Um, simple people um, Not a lot of thrills about them, but I enjoy that about Bloemfontein. Yeah, just go there do your job get things done Yeah, um, and really good people nice people people who look out for you mm. If you need any help, they'll they'll check on you and make sure that you need it You have everything that you need. So yeah, I really enjoy the culture of Bloemfontein the people that live there.
0: Yeah, and the language, is it very much English and Afrikaans? Or do you struggle with them only
1: speaking Yeah, Afrikaans? no, it's not a problem for me. Obviously, it's a bit of an adjustment. Everything seems to happen in Afrikaans there. But I think the nice thing is when it comes down to cricket and the conversations we have around the cricket field, everything is in English. Uh, but yeah. not a problem for me. I'm pretty, I wouldn't say, I've got a fluent understanding of Afrikaans. So even when the guys are speaking in Afrikaans around the and that sort of thing, um, yeah. I can get through most conversations with them. Yeah. Um, but I really, I mean, I really don't mind the two different languages, um, as long as when clear, important messages are, are handed out, that they're handed out in English, so and yeah, I can understand sure. them, yeah.
0: Yeah. And how's the, how's the, like, nightlife and the stuff there?
1: Yeah, it's a bit different. So, like, um, in the time that I've been there, it's sort of, I wasn't there this time last year because I was with the National Academy, so, okay. um, and it would have been winter as well, so when I got back to Bloemfontein, it was pretty much just to start the season, um so there were a few nights out but it's very uh, there aren't as many places to go as other yeah. places around the country but um and it's a lot of students as well so um if i give you an honest answer i don't think i enjoy it too much but then again i don't really go out too much as well just yeah. because i'm trying to focus on cricket um but there have been a couple of nights after a few games when the guys got fired up in the change room after a fines meeting and the party carried on so if yeah. it if it takes you to the streets it takes you to the streets
0: <laughs> if you go to second avenue in bloom that's the place i've heard
1: about it and i think i drove past there once and oh, i said okay. it's not going to work for me guys yeah. um the staff is a good one yeah um, yeah that side yeah uh the so mystic build is also quite nice <laughs> yeah so but very Afrikaans. so it's very. a completely different job there yeah yeah yeah
0: Yeah, growing up well i went to school there, i didn't grow up there and when i visit now and then it's, it's, it hasn't changed yes I mean they've some places changed their names but yeah. the vibe is the same
1: it's the same yeah but it's quite nice I was, I was quite surprised when I went to the Staffy the first time you look at it from outside and you think this is going to be a little dingy yeah. place you walk in and it's got quite a nice vibe to it the yeah, layout's yeah. quite cool uh drinks are cheap which is also helps <laughs> so yeah. yeah I enjoy it it's not too bad yeah
0: that's like yeah and uh, you went to Saints right which yeah. is uh, a very very well-known cricket school sporting school and uh, and everything. Um, do you want to talk a bit about that? How did you, when did you go to Saints and, and just kind of your background?
1: Yeah, so I went to Saints in grade eight. Um, I went to high school there for five years, the, the full period. So um, I think it was probably the best decision I made for myself at the time, just because, you know, when you're at that sort of age, you probably want to try and play as much cricket as you can yeah. against some of the best schools in the country, just so you can, you know, use it as a yardstick to see how close you are to to higher honors and provincial cricket at that stage in your career um and then we were really lucky at saints just because we played so much cricket. Yeah. um i was telling someone the other day most schools get maybe 20 to 30 games a year whereas we at Saints we were really fortunate i think two seasons in a row we played bang on 50 games in the year so wow. it's a lot of cricket. Yeah. i mean it's a lot of t20 cricket but i mean cricket is cricket at the end of the day and you learn so much when you play so to get the opportunity to play a lot, um, lucky enough to tour a lot as well. To go, Grey Weekends, um, Grey PE Festival, um, Saint David's Festival. So there was a lot of cricket. So from an opportunity point of view, um, the opportunity to get out and play a lot was really important. Yeah. Um, but away from cricket as well, a uh, school that offers you everything that you that you could possibly want. Um, really good education. Um, there's a bit. There's a bit of something for everyone. So. If you're the drama guy there's a bit of something for you if you're the public speaker there's something for you so yeah an opportunity to dip your toe in a lot of stuff so i guess um at that stage you know as a as a teenager you probably want to try as many things as you possibly can before you sort of have to make decisions about what you want to do with your life going forward yeah. so in that sense i was really fortunate to get an opportunity to go to saints for five years yeah yeah
0: i don't know why but i find the guys from saints fun guys to hang out with i've got sorry I've got quite a few um mates in Joburg that are all from saints yeah and uh, one actually had a baby last night or his wife did yeah so, um but yeah for some reason the group of friends that i have in Joburg are all like saints guys or most yeah. of them um and fun guys to hang out with you know?
1: yeah i mean the, i don't know what it is about us but um i want to say we've got a carefree attitude i mean mm. the, a lot of the guys yeah. especially the guys who you say like those those fun guys the guys who always want to party hang out they live that kind, of, that kind of lifestyle, but it's also really important to them that they take care of their business, whatever it is that yeah. they're doing. So they work hard, but it's really important for us to play hard as well. So yeah. you'll find top athletes from St. Stivians, really good sportsmen, but enjoy having a good time off the field as well. Um, I know a lot of my friends who are studying, you know, students are renowned for not wanting to go to class <laughs> and they're just going to jewels and stuff. But I have yeah. a lot of friends who it's important for them. That they get the the proper marks that they want to get so guys who are still pushing for distinctions in university but are the same guys when you hang out with them on the weekend so that's really important i guess yeah for most saints boys not for all of them but for the at least the ones i know
0: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so i mean if we can get to your cricket you um playing at the free state now how long you've been there a Year you said now yeah. eh? so had a great season there um with the bat specifically How uh, have you experienced the professional cricket compared to schools and amateur cricket? It's
1: completely different, completely different. So I thought uh, I struggled my first year out of school. Obviously, this is probably my third year out of school now. So my first year out of school, when I was still at Northern's, I'll be honest, I struggled quite a lot. Um, The adjustment between the margin for error that you have at school and then it was still semi-professional cricket for me. Um, It's quite a big jump. And it took me quite a while to to understand that jump, um, but I think once I got it, and now this season at Free State, I really clicked for me what it takes to to compete at that level. Um, so it was really important that I gave myself an opportunity to fail. So in that first season out of school, I felt for me because I was the guy who'd just come out of S-19 cricket, everyone was watching me, and I wanted to have immediate success. I wanted things to work now and I didn't really give myself an opportunity to try things and fail. Yeah. Um, and so it was a slow season for me. Didn't get many runs um, in and out of the team. Struggled with that as well. But now in free state, it was a new start for me. So I just gave myself the opportunity to fail. Go out there. If things work for you, they work. If they don't, you'll find a way. But yeah. it was, I feel, a season where I put less pressure on myself. Um, and an opportunity to play as well consistently. Yeah. Put those two things together for me. It was just about putting the results out on the field after that
0: yeah do you have high expectations for yourself
1: I'd say so yeah just because like I say when you're the guy um fresh out of school and everyone's watching you and there's a lot of talk on social media about you to begin with um and I try to avoid those things but you do notice them and you do hear people whispering about you and how far is this guy and how far has he come since we last spoke about him and that sort of thing yeah so you try to ignore those things but um you find yourself thinking about them a lot and from a personal standpoint it's i put quite a lot of um, expectation on myself because i understand how good i am and i understand how good i can be so the challenge for me every time i play is can i get better um and how am i performing you know it's not good enough for me maybe it was good enough for me when i was in school to get 50s and 60s but i know that that sort of thing is not gonna compete at this level Um, and it's certainly not going to compete at the level above Where I want to go so um, a lot of pressure on myself to perform but at the same time I try to do that away from the game so that when it comes to game time I can just relax and express myself
0: yeah a lot of young cricketers and young sportsmen feel that they can't say something like you've said now that you know how good you are and can be because they're scared they come across as arrogant which is a big problem because arrogance is this term that we've been throwing around but self-belief borders on that yeah. and it's and it's needed you know and especially if you if you're in a sport like cricket where you're batting by yourself self-belief yeah. is is everything really um so that was cool that you can say that so on that note where where do you want to go where do you see yourself going in the next couple of years
1: yeah so just to your point i think it's so important like you do trade a thin line between um self-belief and this guy is quite an arrogant guy but i think it's important like you say especially for a batter, because once you cross that line it's over to you Um, so there can be 15 guys in the change room back upstairs who say they believe in you and you've got the goods and you can go out there and do the job. But if you cross that white line and you don't feel it, it's a tough place to be, especially at a professional level now. So the bowlers are much more skillful. Um, they don't give you as many freebies as you would have might got in school. Yeah. So you've got to believe in yourself. And sometimes when things aren't going well, you have to remind yourself how good you are. Um, you wouldn't be wherever, whatever level you're playing at, you wouldn't be there if you weren't good. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it's important to remind yourself how good you are, but then also to remind yourself that this is not as good as you want to be. Yeah. So you really do want to get better. Um, but yeah, to, to answer your question, how far do I want to go? I want to take it all the way to the top. Um, I don't like talking about it because it's one of those weird things and you can't control it. But, you know, I've got a few friends and a few teammates. We all talk about wanting to be the best in the world the number one bowler or the number one badger in the world so you can't really control those things because once you get to the international level so many other good players that you have to compete with but I think the one answer for me and it's Alistair cook said it after he had a really long career really good career at the top maybe he wasn't the best player at the world at any one point but he said that he got the best out of himself and he got everything that he possibly could have got out of the talent that he had yeah. and to be able to look back at his career and say he has no regrets. He left no stone unturned. That's probably the sentiment that I'd want to have at the end of the career. So it's, yeah. it's not looking about where do I want to be, but sort of, what is it? What do I want to feel like when I look back is probably the best way to put it. So yeah. that feeling of, yeah, I did everything and I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. There were a couple of things that I messed up along the way, but that's, I did everything I wanted to do and I got the best out of myself and I have no regrets. I didn't, um, leave anything out in the park and I'm happy to, to pack it up now and walk away.
0: Yeah. yeah, It's a, it's a nice way of looking at it because if your focus is on, I want to be captain of the proteas, it's so much, it's so out of your yeah. control, you know, so to keep, to keep your goals on things that are in your control yeah. and let the rest happen, I think it's the best way to look yeah. at things.
1: So another thing is now we've just come across, uh, a mental coach at the Knights, um, and we've done some goal setting for the season and in a personal capacity as well in, in terms of the batters and the bowlers, what they want to achieve. And the first thing he told us was, well, every just told everyone to write down their goals and, um, the guys wrote them down and you find that a lot of the guys are writing down goals that they have absolutely no control of. Yeah. And it's things you think you have control of, but you really don't. So it's important even when you're goal setting and talking about the things you want to achieve, to be really clear that I can control this. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to struggle. You're going to find yourself in a position 10 years down the line, speaking about this is what I wanted to achieve and I couldn't achieve it. But then you'll sit down and think, well, actually it's 10 years that I've been playing really well. I had no control over that. So yeah. like you mentioned, like captain of the protest, you can't really control that at all. It's not your no. decision. There's nothing you can do to make it happen for you. It, it will either happen for you. Or it just won't. So yeah. It's just how it is a lot of those things
0: comes down to timing as well yeah timing and a bit of luck you know if if the right guy at the right time gets injured or loses form then you step up and if it doesn't happen then you wait two years longer to make that that shift into the protest team you know it's out of your control yeah
1: yeah
0: um you mentioned something now which I thought it was quite interesting that the Knights used the mental coach so who do you know his name who was
1: that I've lost his name off the top yeah. of my head but um he works with the cheaters as well okay um so Alan Donald has brought him in okay um and I think Alan's done a really good job of surrounding us with the support staff to get the best out of us players mm. um so last season the batters did really well and I think the batters from Bloemfontein have a reputation of doing really well um uh, maybe it's because sure. of the wickets we play on yeah but um, it doesn't really matter what wicket you play on. The guys still have to go and score the runs. Yeah. So for a long time, the guys have been scoring, excuse me, a lot of runs. Um, and, and now we've got a batting coach in as well, Gerard Mare, who's, who's working on the technical aspects of our game. Mm. Um, so I think Alan's done a really good job of surrounding the players with a good support staff. Yeah, that's very um, cool. Yeah. So the mental coach, yeah, he's had a couple of sessions. Obviously, it's been difficult with the, the times we're living in. So it's been a lot of Zoom meetings and stuff.
0: Okay. yeah.
1: but we were fortunate to get together for one one or two sessions at the beginning of our training block um, about a month ago
0: yeah
1: um so it's nice to throw around a couple of ideas with the team you know it's whenever you get together with a new team the first thing the coaches want to do is sit down and talk about team cultures and team value um this guy's taken a bit of a different approach with us um, and he sort of let us drive the process as well which i feel is really important for the players that yeah. we feel that we're coming up with the answers and it's not just being fed to us
0: yeah and um who else who, what is the coaching team like at the night at the moment
1: yeah so Alan Donald mm-hmm. is the head coach and obviously he'll look after the bowlers um JP okay. Trichardt's the assistant coach uh he'll probably look after everyone he's yeah. got a throwing arm for days <laughs> okay, so he'll yeah. throw for the batters and look after the wicket keepers as well okay Gerardt will look after the batters in terms of their technical and um, their skills and that sort of thing um and like I say, the mental coach. Yeah. Um, so I think his name is Juan. if I I don't want to get it wrong. No, it's yeah. fine. We'll, I'll do
0: some research. So,
1: um, yeah. So those four guys really close to the team. Um, and I think it's an incredible coaching staff that we have. Yeah. Um, if the players use that opportunity to absorb as much information as possible from those guys. Um, Alan Donald, don't have to mention what he's done in his, in his career. Um, JP's had a really successful career as a coach. Um, I think he's in double digits for trophies one now as a coach and oh, okay. I'd say it's it's probably relatively early on in his career still I mean he's been doing it for nine or ten years and to have okay, about wow. 15 trophies that's a lot of that's a lot of trophies for yeah. a coach at that level um, sure, yeah. and Gerard's got a wealth of knowledge in terms of batting some of the top batters in the from this country have, have worked with him so like I said Alan's done a really good job of surrounding us with the best possible knowledge that we have now it's it'll be down to the players if we use it or not
0: yeah where are you betting for for the freestyle at the moment
1: yeah, so it's a difficult question um uh it depends really Shift. um but i'd say my preferred batting position in the in the four day crickets uh, i'd love to be at five or six okay um just depending on what the team's like or how the team is structured but Coming in that middle order, I find it's really nice time to bat. The ball's a bit older, you can get a couple of runs under your belts just before the second new ball comes, so that's quite nice as well. Yeah. There's nothing worse walking in and you don't have a start and it's the second new ball and yeah, the bowlers right. are fired up. Um, then one-day cricket's really, it just depends. Um, we're quite a, flex- a flexible batting lineup. Wherever guys fit in, whatever the game requires, we'll, we'll take that approach. So yeah, wherever I get a run really.
0: How would you describe your batting style? Are you quite aggressive or
1: can um, you adapt? Yeah, I think adaptability is probably the biggest thing for me. Um, four-day cricket, I've recently learned, like I mentioned earlier on, it was a struggle for me out of school because i would not played the long format and I was that aggressive batsman that you mentioned. So I'd walk into three-day cricket and I'd hit one boundary and I think, yeah, I'm in now. Yeah but it's four-day cricket, it's three-day cricket. And these guys are smart. They might let you hit two or three boundaries, but they'll sort you out quickly. So I've taken a different approach to my four-day cricket now. Um, I'll soak up, I'll soak up, absorb pressure for really long periods of time. The focus for me is just about batting as long as, as possible. Yeah. Um, and runs will come when they come. Um, but one-day cricket really is about... I think the one word I'd use to describe my batting is tempo. So I try to find a tempo to the innings as early as possible. If that means dropping for singles and running twos quickly, or if the tempo is walking and hit boundaries from burst, from the first ball, just try to find that tempo as early as possible yeah. to make the innings easier for myself. I don't want to feel like I'm getting stuck, bogged down at the crease, but I also don't want to feel like it's one of those days where I can just let loose. Yeah. Um, it's a lot more responsibility that I have to take than that.
0: That's cool, man. Yeah um especially like today's world with all the different formats and you play them intertwined you might be yeah. playing t20 at the same time as the four, the four day competition yeah. and things so to be able to adapt is obviously
1: yeah and I find that's one of the things we talk about as bad as all the time is we're not preparing skills so the one skill the one the one skill that we want to have is probably to dominate red ball crickets yeah so if we have the skill set to play really well in red ball cricket it's easiest to go and transfer those skills to white ball cricket than it is yeah. the other way around yeah, yeah. Um, so your defensive technique and and your ability to bat for long periods will serve you better than being able to play shots yeah if you had to try and reverse the, the roles but like you mentioned it's so much cricket diff- different formats one day you'll be playing this format the next The ability to score runs in every single format is probably the most important yeah and to do it at the drop of a hat as well
0: so you've been a leader from from an early age were you captain at saints
1: uh no i wasn't captain. i was the vice captain of the first team at saints
0: okay and then sn19 you were the captain yeah and at the moment or i don't know if it's permanent but you've been captaining the free state is that
1: yeah so i was just captain of the knights um pipe was injured at the okay. end of the season he had a shoulder problem yeah so he couldn't take the field so the, the guys threw it over to me yeah
0: yeah so how old are you 21 huh? 21 yeah it's quite a young age to be thrown into that kind of position with a lot of senior players in a team like that how have you experienced um you know leading a team like that and then compare that to the under 19 when everyone's your age and stuff
1: yeah, so I think at the night it's been really nice because like you mentioned, there are quite a few senior guys in the team. So guys that I can lean on for suggestions and advice and ask a lot of questions of. Um, and in terms of the responsibility, it's I don't feel a whole lot of pressure just because at the time that the captaincy was given to me, I felt that I was playing well yeah. um, personally. The team started to play well. So we struggled at the, a bit, At the beginning of the season but things got better for us as the season went on so when i was given the captaincy the team was doing really well we were clear in what we wanted to do we were clear in how we wanted to play yeah so i think it was really easy for me to just come in and sort of drive the kind of cricket that we spoke about as a team and to drive pites captaincy style so i didn't want to change things too much we're playing a certain way i think it would have been a bit more difficult if we were still looking for answers as a team, but we were quite clear in how we wanted to go about things. Okay, yeah. The bowlers were really clear. and So the easiest part of so really it was just about changing fields and, and making bowling changes because the bowlers were so clear about how they wanted to bowl in the middle period. It didn't change from ground to ground that we went to. Yeah. So it was really easy. I mean, all I had to do was win the toss. Um, <laughs> and Ask Piety didn't win one toss the whole season. I won four in a row. Okay. So I did my job. Um, and then from there, it's really just about making bowling changes and stuff. Yeah. But because of the senior group is quite a, a tight-knit group, um, and they've run the team for quite a while now, um, it's nice to just have them around and share ideas, bounce ideas off them, and, and also learn from them. Cause yeah. I am quite a young captain still, and I definitely don't have all the answers. It's my first full season of franchise cricket, and um, guys like Grant McQuinn, Sean von Berg, they've played ten years yeah. at the top level in, in franchise cricket. So to ask them questions, to understand how they think, um, and it's nice to have Shawnee Shawnee will stand at first slip while I'm keeping, and yeah. he'll say, "Once, why don't you try this?" Um, and it's quite nice to have older guys like that who who don't really jump down your throat to say, "Do it this way." Um, it's quite nice to just say hey, why don't you try this? Um, I've been thinking about this for the last couple of overs. Mm. We might try it, we might not try it, but uh, it's just nice to have those guys who offer that information up to you.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then under-19s, how is that
1: different? Yeah, so it's really different. I mean, to, age, to captain with your age group peers, I think is a lot easier. Um, yeah. And also there, it's sometimes, you're lucky because you play with really good cricketers at S-under-19 levels. So they also have quite a good knowledge and understanding of the game. So you can also rub ideas off with them, but it's really different because they don't have experience. I wouldn't have had the experience either, Yeah. but they don't have 10 years of franchise cricket and they wouldn't have seen yeah. all the things that my, my my Knight's teammates would have seen. But it's nice to, to captain your age group peers. Um, we all play the same level, so we sort of think the same way, we make the same mistakes. Yeah. Um, so I enjoy that, it was a nice challenge and it was really nice to be recognized among your peers, to yes. lead that group. So yeah. it's. It's a nice rec- It's not important for me, but it's a nice recognition um, for those national selectors at that level to say you're the guy that we want you to lead your age group peers. Yeah, so yeah. it's a nice recognition to have, um, and to have played with some really good other S under 19 captains. So uh, Reynard Fontana captained us to the World Cup, um, and I'm really good friends with him.
0: Did you play in the same year as
1: he played? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we played under 19 cricket from 2016 up until the 2018 World Cup together. So okay. we went. I think we might have gone on about seven or eight tours together, okay, myself yeah. and Rainey. So really good friends away from cricket and a really good understanding between us on the field as well. So yeah. I was his vice captain when he was the captain. And Rainey likes to do things his way, but he's not one of those guys that won't take advice on board. He won't take suggestions on board. So it was nice to play with him. Yeah. Um, and he's got an incredible cricketing brain. Um, uh, he thinks about the game deeply. Yeah. Um, when we're at cricket he doesn't think about it when we're away from cricket but when we're there he thinks about it deeply so it's nice to have one of those guys who will share things with you mm. um and when i made suggestions to him he would sometimes take them on board other times he would say no but he would say no in a way like this is what i'm thinking once um yeah. i understand what you're thinking but let's go with it my way for now and if it doesn't work we'll, we'll go another way yeah um another guy who i kept who captained me in my first day, 19 to tony de yes really good player um probably one of the deepest thinkers about anything that i know okay. um cricket reads a lot really smart guy really intelligent guy um uh and another strong captain um likes to do his things likes to do things his way and i think it's important for a captain to have that about him mm. it's the job uh, the buck does stop with him and it's on him to make the decisions but it's also the really good captains are the ones who understand that we take suggestions from everyone and it's important that guys feel valued in this team. Yeah. Tony was really good at making a young player, my first tour. Um, they were two years older than me when I joined that group, so... Yeah. And they played together for a really long time, but he made it really important that everyone in the team felt valued. Their opinions were valued. Their cricketing suggestions were valued. Their time away from cricket was valued, so I appreciated that about him. Um, and also away from crickets, um, it wasn't just about cricket and captaincy for him. He also made it personal he liked to find out about people and what what are you into what sort of things do you do away from cricket so a really yeah. good guy on and off the field there's a
0: there's a very nice young group of of cricketers and leaders in cricket coming through probably probably between the ages of 20 and 25 i think there's there's a strong group and i'm very excited about the future and um, part of why i wanted to chat to you is to get your take on the future of south african cricket where is it going how's it looking and things
1: Yeah, so I'm really excited for it. Um, Like you mentioned, that age group that we have now, 20 to 25. There are a lot of young, exciting players coming up, Um, some who have already taken on the challenge and performed consistently for two or three seasons in a row. I think of a guy like Tony who's been in the top five run scorers in the One Day Cup two seasons in a row now. So he's taken to One Day Cricket really well at franchise level. Um, A couple of guys who have put on big scores in the four day competition um rainy double hundred yeah were close to a thousand runs over the last two seasons so a lot of young exciting talent and guys who are competitive really competitive guys have played against all of them so an age group and an, an era of cricket if i can put it that way that's really going to push each other for a long time to come um and not just to mention batters but there are a lot of up-and-coming bowlers as well gerald could exciting fast bowler tando and exciting fast bowler fantansy so it's an age group that's got really a lot of exciting talent i think the challenge for us will be about who can go and do it most consistently and most prolifically probably is the right word um yeah like it's one thing to compete with guys at franchise level and put up scores but that's not really where you want to be competing you know you want to dominate that level and then when you get your chance to go up then it your first couple of games will be about competing at international level yeah and then find a way to dominate there but yeah. a lot of exciting guys it'll just be about um a shootout for who can do it most consistently and most prolifically
0: yeah there's a group of just above that that's also a couple of guys like Quentin the cock Aidan Markham they have already been in the protest setup so by the time they become the, the 30-year-old in the team in your group that group we've just mentioned are pushing and fighting for proteas positions i think our cricket's in a healthy state and there's often i get annoyed about how many people can moan about the state of our cricket when the future is looking really good
1: Yeah, i mean it's a lot of exciting exciting plays um the only thing will just be about can we get an opportunity to play a lot of cricket so um we want to play as many games as possible in every format possible Um, and we understand as players the challenges that um face us in terms of scheduling and getting tournaments um to be put on so that we can play yeah. as much cricket as possible but we just want the opportunity to play as much cricket as possible to show what we what we have um, and like you say when an opportunity comes for us maybe there'll be four or five of us who become Proteus players one day um, we understand how difficult it is to get into the team so not all of us will be able to do it but we'll challenge each other every day week in week out every season to push for those places as much as we can
0: yeah yeah what is the what is the COVID-19 cricket thing look like because you finished your season basically and now it seems like it may be open by the time your season's meant to start again or what's the talk
1: yeah so I'm I'm not too close to the conversations that they're having up there but from the whispers that I've heard the guys are penciled in a first of November start so okay if I'm not mistaken the season usually starts in October anyway so we might have lost two weeks of Mm -hmm. cricket, if it does start on the 1st of November. Um, the one thing that will be different this season is, and this was announced before the pandemic started was, um, a change of fixtures. So the season has become a little bit shorter. So I guess in that sense, we might be lucky because we'll be able to get all the games and even if we do start a bit later, so instead of 10 games, I think we're scheduled to play seven games each. And then if you qualify for the final, you'll play an eighth game in, in both formats. Um, and then I'm not sure what's going on with the uh, the MSL, um, yeah. talks about it being in December talks about it being in January, I'm not too sure, yeah. I don't want to speculate, but whenever we get an opportunity, I think the main focus for cricketers now is just about whenever we do get that nod to play that we're ready. Um, so some teams have started, some others, some others haven't, Yeah. but I think the biggest focus for us now is let's just try and get ready so that if we do start on the 1st of November, we don't have to play any catch-up crickets. Yeah. I want to just shift gears
0: a little bit to towards coaching and coaches that you've played under. Um, I know it's saying there probably more, but the two I'm thinking of is Wim Janssen and Peter Stringer that are involved there. Um, and then, obviously, s under 19, you've been exposed to different coaches. you played at the Titans, at the Northerns and now at the Knights. Um, looking at all the coaches you've played under, what would you take from each one of them and say well this is what i think the best coach should have these attributes
1: yeah so it's 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 so difficult because when you get exposed to that many coaches you get exposed to a lot of different coaching philosophies as well yeah um and it's difficult to say that their coaching philo- philosophies are aligned because they really aren't yeah um but i think for me now because i've had a good season in the last season i'm i'm trying to tap into what did i do really well technically last season that i can repeat this season and do it over and over again so at the beginning of last season i think the biggest challenge for me was my mentality my approach to the game um the way i was thinking about batting Um, and now that i've sort of i wouldn't say i've got it on lock but i've sort of got an understanding of how i think while i'm batting, what i'm thinking about those sort of things now i really want to focus on the technical things the skills the, the hard skills as it were yeah. um, so to be exposed to a guy like Gerard Mare who's really good technically um, it's a nice opportunity to learn technically what the best batters in the world are doing so you can emulate that Yeah. Um, but along the way some of the better coaches that I've worked with I've found are the guys who challenge the way you think about batting and they don't feed you the answers so yeah. they'll let you go out there play the game let you make the mistake and they'll come back and they'll the really good coaches will only have to ask you one question and you'll think about the whole game and find answers for yourself along the way um and those are the guys who challenge the way you think challenge the way you batch challenge your mentality challenge your approach that sort of thing
0: yeah.
1: um and one a really good coach the national academy coach shukri conrad um not too big on technical stuff um, you work on those technical things with your franchises or your unions yeah but when it comes to playing at the National Academy, this is all about game time. So we get as many games as we can as possible. And we're going to challenge the mentality. Yeah? yeah. If you think that you're a guy who should be batting at 90 strike rate, I'm going to challenge you to bat at 110. But just, I'm not going to challenge you by changing your technique. I'm going to challenge you by changing the way you think. Yeah. And guys, coaches who do that, I've, I've found to challenge the way you think are really good because they leave you with something to think about when you leave the game. Yeah. Um, it's worse when you go home and you've had a bad day and it's not gone well, and the coaches just rain down on you and you don't have any answers. Yeah. You have more questions than you have answers. But it's nice when the coaches challenge you and they ask you questions and they make you think about things.
0: Mm.
1: And also they push you because they see they see things that you don't see. Um, they've been doing it for so long. They've worked with the best players this country's seen. So they see things that you couldn't possibly see. Yeah. Things you think you see. And they know you're not seeing them so it's nice to work with those different coaches but it is difficult being exposed to a lot of different coaches because you do have a lot of ideas Um,
0: they all give you different things to implement exactly
1: yeah but the important thing is just trying to filter out what you need and what you don't need Um, but not to get into a position where you feel i'm not going to listen to this coach he doesn't know what he's talking about take on board what the guy is saying Try it for yourself, and if it really doesn't work for you, then you can leave it behind. But I always think you'll sell yourself short if you you just disregard what a coach has to say because maybe you don't like him or, yeah. or he came down hard on you that one time. Um, he probably did it for a reason. And if you have a good understanding with the coach, you can always go back and ask what's going on here. Um, and it's the coaches that you have a really good relationship with that can say anything to you, that they know you'll take the right way, Yeah, that'll get the best out of you.
0: Yeah. What is the way you change the way you, you think about the games so, and how did that happen?
1: Yeah, so like I've mentioned a couple of times now, I really did struggle in that Northern, um, in that first season out of school. Um, it's difficult to put my, my finger on it, but I remember there were times when I was out on the field batting and uh, things were going well for me. But I could still feel like there was a little part of me that was like, should I be doing this? Should I really be batting Yeah um do i deserve my place in the team today um i wouldn't question if i deserve my place in the team at all but it was just in this particular game do i deserve to be playing in this game okay um just because the competition was so fierce at northerns there are a lot of guys who want to play a lot of titans guys who would play down because the pro were playing so there were times where i questioned Do I deserve my place in the team today Um, when i arrived at free states um i played one warm-up game didn't go well, played one game for Free State in Johannesburg, didn't go well, the next game I got 99. And I don't think i look back after that. Um, it felt for me in that game, something had clicked. And it was funny because it, the game was actually against the Titans. So it was my first game for the Knights. Um, and we played against the Titans in Bloom. And I walked out to bed and I said, I just said to myself, today's it's probably gonna change a lot for you. Um, you're probably gonna prove yourself to yourself you're going to prove something to yourself and you're probably going to prove something to a lot of people um so there might have been a chip on my shoulder that day about playing against the team that I, I used to play for um but when that innings was over and i sat down with my book and was writing down my thoughts there was a moment there where i just thought you know it's you've proven it today yeah. to yourself and you don't have to look back now yeah. um, don't have to question where you belong in the team don't have to question um, if you're good enough to be at this level you've done it once now um, and it's always that feeling as a batsman lots of people will tell you you're good enough to do it but until you do it you you really won't know so that first innings when I got 99 disappointed obviously not to get the 100 um, yeah cut it I think we had to go out and field and I was sitting in the change room and thinking guys surely someone else can go and keep for me I don't feel like going to <laughs> field so and then a couple of weeks later um, we played the Cobras well, a couple of weeks a month later we played the Cobras in in paul and i got 100 there okay and then for me it was just i belong at this level um difficult to say out loud because you don't want to sound arrogant but there's that feeling inside of you that says to you like you've done it now and now you can just relax and ease into it and think about other things um which i didn't have at that first season out of school because um, maybe it was because i didn't get a couple of scores early on um, and i didn't have that confidence but since things have gone so well now in the free states um for the free state side as well and for the nights i've got this feeling of belief back in my ability um and now when things don't go well it's not about me not i can just sit down and say well i know what i did today i played a poor shot or yeah. why well, i wasn't switched on but it will never be about shucks i'm struggling now i don't think i should be there yeah. there's that feeling of belonging that's so important when you start out in a new organization yeah so i mean
0: it comes down to being a young guy doubting yourself you've been thrown into the deep end at a young age um you know your abilities but you're doubting whether you're there yet and now you've kind of just shown shown yeah. yourself i can play here, yeah you know
1: and it's so important like like i said like everyone will tell you so there was a time when i was going through it really badly and i wasn't getting any scores and i was still starting attacks then and Kruger van Weg, the coach of the, the Tuck side there, would remind me every week, we, we told you to come to Pretoria because we think you're a gun player and you're gonna play for South Africa one day. And other coaches will message you and tell you, just keep going, you're gonna play for South Africa. But when you're going through it, you think, this is never gonna work for me. Yeah. And unless you put the scores out and you put the numbers out, anyone can tell you anything they want, but unless you do it and prove it to yourself, it's really difficult to believe it. Yeah. Um so yeah I mean I remember there were a lot of coaches who just said keep going and things will things will work out and I didn't believe them at the time and it was difficult to believe them yeah but when you do it once and if you're really lucky it'll only take you one time to do it and for me I was lucky I guess to just do it once and I don't think I'll ever look back again
0: it seems that your motivation is very internal um your external motivations were there coaches were telling you you had contracts on the table whatever um, but what you needed was an internal belief that I need to see it myself, yeah. you know? And, um, one of the powerful things about successful athletes around the world is that they have an internal drive, uh, rather than an external validation drive. Um, your reward system is obviously internal. It's about how you feel about your own performance rather than what people are saying about you. Yeah. Um, which is, which is good. And it's a good mindset to have. Where would you say your mindset, because you're, you're a young guy, but you're a leader and you're a mature guy. You've got good emotional intelligence, good awareness. Where do you think, what would you put that down to?
1: It's difficult to pinpoint it. Um, but like you say, those external things don't really mean anything to me. The, the opinions of people are important for maybe a split second. But they don't mean anything when you go out to play. So I know when I'm out there batting, it's just me and my thoughts. So my thoughts are gonna drive the way I perform. Um, but to say where I got it from, um, it's really, really difficult to say. Um, my parents have always told me, it's important that you believe in yourself. Um, not There will be a lot of people who say things. And it also goes the other way. So we're mentioning a lot now about how people have told me that I'm good enough and I am gonna, it is gonna happen for me. There would have been a lot of people along that journey in that first year who would have said, Well, look, we told you, we told you, so this guy, you've overrated him since he was at school. He's not that good. So it's important that you sort of get rid of those comments quickly about those who don't believe in you. It's equally important that you probably get rid of some of the comments that people who do believe in you. Because if you get too caught up in those things, you can never have that quiet conversation with yourself when you learn about what we need to do. Um, But to say where I got it from, really difficult to say. Um, Probably... I'll just say all my life i've just thought that it's important that i'm satisfied with what's going on yeah and it's important that i drive the conversation that's going on in my head that's probably the best way i'd put it to drive their own conversation in your head if you let other people have that conversation in your head for you it's going to be a tough tough road wherever yeah. you go in life
0: we, what type of parenting style did your parents use i mean how did you grow up
1: yeah so my i'd pretty say my parents were pretty go out there and do your own thing. Um, I wouldn't say the strictest parents in the world, but once it was important that we do things a certain way. So we don't have free reign to do whatever we want, but try as many things as you want. And I'm really fortunate because my parents have given me and I'd say my siblings as well an opportunity to do everything that we wanted growing up. So we tried a lot of things, tried different sports. Um, They gave us the grounding that we needed. But like I mentioned, not free reign. So they're not just going to let you do whatever you want. We still have rules and this is how we do things. This is how we approach things. This is how we want you to be. It's really important that you're this type of man, um, an upstanding man, man of value, man of character. Um, And I actually remember there was a time in primary school and I remember the story quite specifically. a cricket coach and a guy who's still really close in my life, the CEO of the Lions now, John O'Leaf Wright. Yeah. Um, I was in grade five at the time at primary school and he was still at Montrose then. And people were talking then already about how I was going to be head boy of the school and all that sort of thing. And it's, I was in primary school, so that sort of thing didn't matter to me. But in grade five, I was going through this phase where I was just like acting out and misbehaving. And I don't know what was going on, but I was just misbehaving a lot. and. Chandra said to me like, you're not this boy. People want you to be head boy of the school. And even beyond that, we, it's not just about primary school. You can have a life in high school and a life after that. It's about who you are as a person and who you are as a man. And I remember having that conversation with him and having that conversation with my parents. And the conversation was always about who you are as a person. So it's not about what you do in the classroom or what you do on the sports field or what you achieve in life. It's about who you are as a person. So." I remember that in grade five because it was a wake-up moment for me because I might have missed I don't know what it was that was causing me to misbehave then but those conversations people were I was lucky enough to have people close in my life that were honest with me from then already so maybe it would have been completely different if I'd only had that conversation with someone in your grade 10 or 11 and I wouldn't be where I am now but I've always had people really close in my life to keep me in check yeah. uh, I think I do a pretty good job of keeping myself in check but it's nice to have in my life now, like my parents and Alex, um, to have those people around me who keep me in check, keep me making the right decisions. Um, but yeah, my parents, I'm so I'm really grateful to them and really fortunate that they've given me all the opportunities. They've sacrificed a lot, um, my siblings as well. Um, you'll know very well that cricket is a time consuming game. Um, and my sister gave up a lot of time to come and watch us. Yeah. Um, my brother and me play and my brothers lately has given up a lot to come and watch me play as well. So I'm really grateful to my family for them for giving up so much to let me have my dream. Uh, So there's a certain, there's a certain element of, I wouldn't call it guilt, but there's something about the way I approach my cricket. I owe it to them to give it a full run. Um, they've given up so much for me to, for me to sell myself short, it, it would be selling them short as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's a confusing thing with, with uh, sports when they the guilt thing. So many that I've spoken to and worked with have a, a guilt thing with the amount of time people have invested in them, the attention they're getting. But it's not about guilt. The way you try and angle it, what you've said now, is you're trying to honor the time yeah, they gave you just exactly. by giving back. Exactly. And, and if we can just make that mind shift, which you've made, likely, um a lot of athletes play more freely because they don't feel that burden on them of the guilt, yeah. you know. Um, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to understand like your, your mind and, um, and your, your personality, you've had a a good family home. It seems you've had mentors from a young age, you've looked for mentors from a young age. Um, and you've just mentioned someone like Alex, who also serves as a mentor for you. Um, who else would you recognize as a mentor for you growing up and currently?
1: Yes, I've been so lucky um to be exposed uh through cricket. A lot of cricket coaches but who have mentored me more. I wouldn't say more than they've coached me, but the role that they took on was probably a bit more of a guidance role. So because I played in lots of different teams and for lots of different representative teams, you'll come across a lot of different coaches who will teach you the game and that sort of thing. But some of the people I'm gonna mention now are, are more of a guidance role and when I did stray off the path, they pushed me in a different direction. Yeah. Um, some of the earliest coaches I can think of um, back in my primary school days, John O'Leary um, the first one, um, Braden Dixon um, and the thing with Braden, so he's quite a tough guy. Um, uh, I call him an ultra athlete. He doesn't look like one now, but he's quite a fit guy and one who works really hard. Um, so when I was in primary school, I might not have been the hardest worker at the time so but because he believed in me and he saw stuff in me that i didn't see it myself he really pushed me to be the best version of myself um, the late clint flynn um cricket coach that i worked with in primary school passed away um, a couple of years ago um when i was in primary school i played in a game and he was really big on manners and it's how we play the game not about winning and stuff so i played in a game and the batsman dropped the ball by his feet and like walked out of his crease to pick it up. And he threw the ball back to me. I was keeping, he threw the ball back to me. And I took the ball and I stumped him. And I appealed <laughs> wow. to the square leg umpire. And wow. he was a square leg umpire. And he didn't say anything at the time. But after the game, he came and he sat next to me and he said, if you're going to have a long career in this game or you, whatever. He didn't talk about careers, but he said, if you're going to play this game and it's going to be enjoyable for you, then you're going to want to play it the right way. Yeah. So... And I learned it's like a small lesson like that that I still remember from then. So now when I play the game and if there's like a small moment on the field where there might be a chance for me to take a gap or to cut a corner, I'll never do it because I remember that lesson that he taught me back then. It's really about how we play the game, not just about what we achieve in the game. Yeah. Um, so Braden, Jono, Clint um, Flynn, Flynn was a really big one for me. Um, and then when I got to high school, I struggled a little bit because I wasn't in the team. Well, I was in the team, but I might not have played in the position that I wanted to every week. Um, and my coach at the time in under 14 and under 15, Ruben Mantlazi, um, took me under his wing and he just said, we're going to ride the storm at the moment. It might not be going the way we want it to go. But he was really influential for me because he was there to have a quiet word with me when I was... When I wanted, he could see, maybe I wanted to act out, and know, maybe I wanted to say something, it might not have been the right thing to say at the time. So he just took me under his wing and he said, we'll ride out the storm and things will get better. Um, and we worked on cricket things as well, but really it was just about, don't let some of the, the things that are happening around you affect who you are as a person. And I think that's probably the biggest thing for me is, all of these lessons that I've learned are about who I am as a person, not about crickets. So. Yeah. There were things that were happening that were cricket related but they were not affecting my talent as a cricket player they were going to affect who i would become as a person they didn't want me to become resentful towards the game resentful yeah. towards people resentful towards my friends so it's about how we react to these situations as people um, so those are really big four standout figures for me that i can think of off the top of my head now life after school and the professional environment, it's so important that you surround yourself with, I want to call it a team, but it's really more of a family of people Mm -hmm. who, yeah, they look after your things for you off the side of the field, like in in Alex's capacity will look after my things away from the game. And he does an amazing job of doing that. But more than that, he's someone that I can call if I'm ever in trouble, Um, someone who I can call for advice, you know, what do I do about this or I mean, yesterday I played golf with him and it was, I have this girl that I like. Uh, what should I do about that? And he's got, maybe he doesn't have any luck with girls, but I'll ask him anyways. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't know yeah, he's the... <laughs> Exactly, yeah. And maybe he's not the right guy to ask, but he's one of those people that you can ask anything. Yeah. So that's really important. Yes. Um. And my family, my parents, my siblings, I can talk to them about anything, ask them anything. And they're honest with me as well. Um, they won't lie to me. If I've had a bad game, my sister hates cricket. She... Has her very she understands it but she does her very best to not understand it okay. because she really hates it yeah um but she'll tell me if i played badly she's
0: uh, resenting it now
1: uh yeah she probably <laughs> does she really i mean she to her exact words were cricket is the devil's sport but oh wow yeah but anyways i don't think she means it but yes. um she'll tell me if i play badly um so it's important to have those people in your life who are honest with you mm. and and don't sugarcoat things for you just because they're close to you so yeah. i'm lucky that i've got so many people that it will be honest with me um and won't sugarcoat things for me if i'm playing badly or if i'm not doing the things i'm supposed to be or i'm not showing up the way i'm supposed to be showing up then they'll tell me about it
0: yeah that's very cool so i mean ellen donald you've only been with him a couple of months i think yeah yeah um anyone in the free state that you look to for mentorship when alex is here in joburg or something
1: um not really to be honest um really good coaches and guys that you can use as a soundboard for ideas and stuff um but in terms of i've done a lot of talking to people about how i want to play the game away from the free State. um and when i get there to play it's really just about playing for me yeah but i'm lucky because again those guys because we're in a professional environment they won't lie to you just because they're trying to save your feelings. Yes. In a professional environment, there's no time. Um, it's important how you word a message and how you get a message across. But if they need to tell you something, they'll tell it to you. Yeah. Um, the way it is as well. So they won't sugarcoat things for you. Um, so there are a lot of guys, um, players especially. Um, because the other thing is because we're in a professional environment, you're not just playing amongst your peers anymore. So you might be. I might be the 21-year-old in the team and there's a 30-year-old in the team and He's been around the block he's seen it and sometimes it's a bit of a clash when a new guy comes into the team i haven't found that particularly um, because the guys are so welcoming and so open but they've been around long enough to know and they can see where something if something's going in a direction they can see where it's going because they've done it for so long so they'll let me know um and but really really welcoming guys so I, i think i was so lucky to arrive there have guys in the team like Shadley von Skalkveig mm. really a nice guy really welcoming yeah. guy um, Pite I mean Pite's a really hard guy um, stern guy but really fair mm. I think that's I mean probably the one thing that stands out the most for me is he's a really tough guy on the cricket field but he's fair about the way he goes about it yeah. um, and a nice guy to be around and in the change room um, but like the whole environment is just full of and I don't want to put it this way because it might sound weird when I say it. Full of nice guys. Yeah. Uh, because we're fierce competitors when we play. Yeah. But away from the game and in the change room and on the golf course and when we hang out for prize and stuff, really good people. Yeah.
0: i Also, I mean, I come from there, but I, and I know a lot of those guys. But I, I feel the Free State people are, have always been like salt of the earth, down to earth, because um, they don't have much there. Yeah.
1: yeah this, have. I mean, they don't like they don't really have thrills and they don't have any airs or graces. Mm. I mean, really simple people, the lifestyle is really simple there. We work hard for the things we have. We go to work, we get our jobs done. It's not about who drives the fanciest car or who lives in the biggest house. I mean, if your house is this big and my house is this big, we can have a bride in both houses because we're good people and we can enjoy each other's company. That's something I really enjoy about the free state. And one thing I didn't know, I would enjoy so when I first signed my contract to move there I had a friend one of my brother's friend's mom so my brother's friend's sister lived there with her boyfriend for a couple of years so the mom was saying to me it's she said it's a bit of a saying but the when you sign your contract or whatever when you move to bloom it's going to be the saddest day of your life the next saddest day of your life is when you leave the yeah. free state and I get that feeling about it because yeah. it's really good people and. One day if i ever do leave um i get that feeling that i'll miss the place because of the people yeah not so much because of where oh, was the best nightclub to go to or of course what yeah. was i mean what was the city like it's about the people there really really good people yeah yeah i mean it's it's close to my heart as well when i yeah. left it
0: was it's sad yeah. and you you tend to go back even though a lot of my mates have moved out of the free state you tend to want to go back and just be there for, for a weekend or whatever. yeah Who did you see as a? Who were your role models when you were a young cricketer?
1: Um, I could, people ask me that all the time, and the weird thing is, I remember watching a lot of cricket when I was growing up. Yeah, but I couldn't like pinpoint one player who I used to watch and think, "Cheers, yeah. I want to be like him." Um, maybe it's, I didn't understand what I was watching back then, but as I got a little bit older and I understand it. I understood the nuance of the game and what separated the really good players from the good ones. Who were still international players, but the really, really good ones. I used to watch guys like Michael clark and I used to think, "Wow, Michael clark's a good player." Yeah. Now that I'm a bit older, I watch Virat Kohli, and everyone talks about Virat Kohli, but I watch him and I think, "Cheese." I mean, this is the top top level of our sport. This is a serious serious player. Yeah. Um, but South African cricketers, I watched. I obviously grew up watching um what people would term our golden generation, I guess. Um the Smiths, the Callises, the Bouchers, the Antennes, the Petersons, those guys. So I watched I mean the Ushell Princes, I watched those guys playing a lot.
0: Yeah.
1: Um I enjoyed watching Colours Bats, I enjoyed watching I really enjoyed watching um Graham Smith Captain. Like I say, I might not have understood what he was doing, but when when you watch someone who's really good at something although you might not understand it but you want to learn more about what makes them good so in terms of i'd probably to answer your question um in terms of captains who i've watched and who i'd want to be like one day maybe or take things that they did on board in my captaincy style i'm I'm ricky ponting a michael clark um a graham smith really good captain um clive lloyd from the west indies um the West Indian players are really probably some of my favorite because they just play the game freely. Yeah. Um, that when you watch them, it doesn't look like they're thinking a whole lot, um, which is probably doing them into service because they probably are thinking. <laughs> yeah. They probably are thinking about the game quite deeply, but just the expression, the the flair that they play with, that the guys call it. Yeah. Um, maybe we call it flair. I don't know if it is flair. Um, because now that I've started to. Understand the technical aspects of the game a lot more. Mm. I understand that maybe that wasn't flair that they were playing with. That's just how the game was meant to be played. Yeah. And over time, we've I I definitely think over time we might have overcomplicated things. Yeah. Made things more difficult for ourselves. More technical. Thought about it, which yeah. is important. But back then, they just used to play the game. And if you look at their records, I mean, guys scoring ten thousand runs, yeah, fifteen thousand first class runs, thirty hundreds. That's just the way they played the game. Yeah. Wasn't yeah, we've roboticized technical. it, haven't we? a yeah, big time. The technical coaching and big things. Big time, I yeah. think so, yeah. But they just played. So, watching those guys, and I watch them still now because whenever I feel like, oh, no, today's training session, I felt like a robot. Mm. Like today, I was literally, I would look down at my feet, look up to the bowler, and everything just felt mechanical today. Yeah. I'm going to go back and watch the guys back in the day. They'll play half volleys off the back foot and yeah. hit for four, and I think he's still thinking about the game but there's a flair to it yeah that he's not holding back yeah there's no reason why we have to play a full ball on the front foot he didn't do it yeah and he scored 30 international hundreds so why can't i do it? yeah so i watch those guys and i think wow i mean i probably couldn't afford to play like that now because it's not going to get me yeah very far in the, the way the game's going but i watch him and i think jeez, if i could have played in that time what great cricketers to mm. have played with yeah I think about that sort of thing a lot.
0: So. Yeah. yeah. Well, that there was a great uh, era of cricket, yeah. wasn't it? Um, to get your batting specifically, what type of uh, mental skills do you use? You've mentioned that you write down your thoughts, which I think is powerful. Um, any other things, maybe pre-match, pre-game, pre-innings and post-innings, what type of mental skills do you yeah, use? Yeah, so the
1: one thing I've learned now in professional cricket, because we play at different ground so much. Um, And because I know if I keep playing well, I'll play next season, I'll be back at this ground. So there's no use. I go out there. I have thoughts about what I was thinking before I batted, while I was batting and after I batted and I go to the same ground next year and I have to think again about it all over again. So the reason I write down these things is because when I go to Newlands again and I play at Newlands, this is what I was thinking about last time I arrived to Newlands and the process is. Quite a long one. It'll start maybe a week before I actually play at the ground. Mm. It's what is the weather gonna be like at the ground? What is the pitch? So I'll ask a lot of questions of the guys who've played there before. Yeah. So because it was my first season I wouldn't have played at a lot of the grounds. Um and if I did play at a lot of the grounds, it was in age group cricket. So I mean, we probably got the bare bones or the bare minimum in terms of yeah pitch preparation. Of course, yeah. So when they prepare wickets for franchise cricket, I'll ask the guys when you play at Newlands what is it like in the morning or what does Newlands usually play like or what does the Wanderers usually play like and a week leading into that game training will be really specific to what conditions are we going to get when we go there so the off season is really about technical stuff and making sure I have everything in the toolbox when it comes to preparing for a game it's uh, prepare for this wicket prepare for this set of bowlers prepare for everything that's going to happen at that ground so i'll write down my thoughts about how i want to practice for that particular pitch when that's out of the way practice is done night before maybe maybe two days before this is what i want in terms of these are the shots i think will work on this pitch or maybe these are the areas you probably want to score on yeah so on a bounce wicket, maybe a bit more square on a on a lower wicket straighter so those sort of things um then while i'm batting if I play well. So if I have a short innings, I get 10 and I'm out, then I'll write down some quick thoughts or whatever. But if I bat well, and there are times where you come off for a break and stuff, I'll write down quickly. What am I thinking at the moment? How do I feel? That sort of thing. And then when I'm done batting, these are the things that worked for me. These are the moments that I was aware of. These are These are the moments where I was probably lucky not to fall into a trap. So I could feel my focus was, shifting a bit and I wasn't really focusing as hard as I needed to on the task at hand, but I was lucky because the team didn't take advantage of it. Yeah. So I got away with it today. So i write that down. And so I've got like a big book now that's just full of notes. Um, and if I ever feel a certain way again, I can go back and turn the pages to a time when I felt that same way. And this is what I did, or this is what I tried to get out of it. So it's really just like, it's almost like a black box for an airplane. Yeah black box of your thoughts if you ever find yourself in the same situation again um don't try the same thing if it didn't work don't try the same thing that didn't work again if it did work go and do exactly the same thing yeah to get your to get yourself out of that trouble again
0: yeah any other stuff you do with a coach or by yourself some visualization imagery and things
1: so i've tried i mean i've tried visualization sometimes i'll go on we always get to a ground a couple of days before the game, so if we have a training session on the field, um, Alistair Cook actually mentioned because he's an opening batsman. Before he used to go out to the toss when he was captain of the Test team, he would stand on the wickets, and because all the guys are out in the field, he can sort of see them running in, and the bowlers are warming up on the side strips. So he would stand there while, like, a Glenn McGrath would be running in, warming up, and he would just watch Glenn and find his tempo while glenn's running into ball okay, yeah. and find his tempo that way yeah but he would do it on the middle strip because this is where he has to do his work yeah so no use you go stand on the nets because you're not going to be batting in the nets so he would do it on the match trip that they were playing on but he would just watch as the bowlers run in and find his tempo that way because he was a batsman who relied on timing yeah because he had a big trigger movement so it was about timing for him yeah Obviously you wouldn't be able to just walk into Australia's nets and say, can I find some <laughs> yeah, timing course, against yeah. your bowlers? So he <laughs> would stand there and just watch him. And so I tried that sort of thing. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say it worked particularly well for me, but I'll keep trying things yeah. to see if there's other things out there that work for me. Um, yeah. I'm not a guy who's shy of trying things. Um, but I try, if I am going to try something, I'd, I'd prefer to do it as, as far away from a game as possible okay especially because i've sort of found some things that have worked for me so i don't want to go now try something brand brand new just before a game and it throws me completely Um, but at the same time i'm not really someone who's big into routines and rituals if the things if i can't so let's just talk on a match day for instance if if i was a player who needed to go out onto the field and hit 30 balls before i batted but it rained for three hours before the game and i couldn't hit those 30 balls i had to walk out onto the field and bat straight away yeah. it wouldn't affect me um i don't need to do those sort of things um some days i'll wake up and think she said i'd love to hit maybe 10 balls today other days i'm not going to hit today yeah it's just a feel sort of thing for me
0: it seems like you you've got quite a simplistic approach that you don't want to overcomplicate. The game because it's already as difficult yeah. as it is it's so difficult as yeah. it's already here so it's a i think it's a very good approach um i get annoyed when i see young young players at school with their dads seven o'clock in the morning hitting balls before hitting the balls game before yeah. the game, and then it's and you, ask him, kids. you
1: ask yourself why they do that and they tell you yeah it makes me feel ready for the game and i can almost guarantee you that if they didn't hit whatever those balls that they hit before the game i can almost one hundred percent certainty, guarantee them that they would still play the same way. Yeah, I mean, I find they
0: go out for that more often than not because they're just overthinking it, they're trying yeah. to replicate what they've just done. Yeah, it just doesn't work. The mind doesn't work that way. Um, what do you, what would you say we need to do as a young South Africans to to help the country move forward and and become a better country?
1: Yeah, so I'd say i'll start with um i'll call it hard skills so just for the sake of the conversation yeah so in whatever job or whatever sphere of life they work in they've got to challenge themselves to become an expert at whatever they do um whatever it is if you're a barista at a coffee shop you need to understand coffee like it's the back of your hand yeah if i'm a young batsman i need to understand batting like it's the back of my hand And obviously, some people don't want to be the best in the world because that's not what drives them. Um, But just become an expert. Um, The more experts we can have in anything will just drive more conversation. Yeah. Um, And then in terms of the soft skills, we've got to become a bit more understanding of each other, of ourselves. So I read quite a I wouldn't say quite a lot, but when I do read, I read a few pages at a time Um, and a couple of interesting books where I find as human beings in some cases will be a lot harder on ourselves for something that we've done had it been someone else that had done the same thing who wouldn't be as hard on them yes but in other ops and other situations the roles are completely reversed where we would judge someone far more harshly than we would judge ourselves yeah and that really just comes down to understanding and it's understanding ourselves as people and understanding other people but we won't be able to understand other people unless we have conversations get to know them where do you come from why do you think the things you think why do you live the way you live yeah because it's easy to get into conflicts with people when you don't understand where they're coming from um, in a literal sense and in a in a figurative sense yeah you know my background might be very different to yours and we need to understand that so we can move forward yeah. as a people Um, but we're not coming from the same place and we need to understand that. So the way I think is, um, the way I think is informed by the things that have happened to me in my life and the way you think is exactly the same. So we need to understand each other better as people, um, be kinder to each other, um, perhaps we're not as kind as we need to be, um, to get the best out of each other. Um, and maybe the way I'm, I'm speaking is just about is. goal is to try and get the best out of each other yeah or maybe get the best for each other as well um so to be kinder to each other to be more understanding those two are probably the biggest thing for me Mm. because i've seen it so often is especially in a sports environment maybe a player is late and if you don't have a let's just say for argument's sake you don't have a fine system in place or whatever and the senior players will come down hard, really hard on that guy for being late, or the group will come down really hard on that guy for being late. And I understand that it might be a team value that we show up for things on time and it's a respect thing to show up on time, but nobody's late because, well, majority of the time, if you have a decent enough excuse and we're understanding of people for being late, yeah. if we just understand people a little bit better, sometimes if you have a conversation with that guy, you might find, he was late cause he had to drop his kids off at school. Uh, we all have different lives. So we need to understand people's lives. Yeah. Or maybe his wife is sick and that's why he didn't come to training today. Yeah. Like, people have lives away from cricket. Uh, people have lives away from work. Let's try and understand each other better. Yeah. Because I find it's just like, cause are just, like I say, so much more, um, critical of other people. Yeah. Had it hadn't been them in that situation, or so much more critical of themselves had it been someone else the roles reverse so much yeah. um but it's, it's important that we just understand each other
0: I think that's very wise man and especially you start off by saying make sure you're the best you can be whatever you do and once you are there start looking at other people with more understanding and yeah. more more kindness and gratitude and probably
1: yeah t- you've just said something that's the that's light bulb's gone off in my head yeah. when you said that um when you become like an expert or or you find yourself at the top of your field then the most important thing is about dragging as many people as you can with you with you yeah don't go alone um we see it a lot now in south africa and there's so many role models that i look up to in in south african sports um i think the the sports people are fortunate because they have access to a lot of brands and a lot of brands want to work with them and you find them doing a lot of charitable work, different organizations, and you've seen it now during lockdown. Yeah, A lot of sportsmen getting involved, um, a lot of sportsmen opening their own foundations yeah. and doing work so that, the ch- not the challenge, the important thing is when you get to the top to drag as many people as you can with you. Yeah. And try and make life a bit easier for as many people as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, people are going through it in our country every day. Um, and if you're in a position to help, I say if you're in a position, I think everyone is in a position to help on some level on some level as small as it might be um making a difference in someone's life somewhere um it's so important that you do that yeah. um, and that's probably one of the biggest things my mom's taught me um i don't think i've ever met someone who who gives of themselves as much as my mom
0: yeah
1: um my sister and i talk about it all the time it's difficult to on her birthday especially it's difficult to shop for someone on their on their birthday when they don't like stuff because obviously my mom likes stuff and she appreciates the thought and that sort of thing but she's she's so concerned and so busy giving to other people um helping other people out being there for them on the phone to listen to their problems to talk to them yeah giving of her time giving of herself um to help other people um so she's that's probably the one lesson the other biggest lesson that she's taught us it's just to be grateful for everything they have. Yeah. Um, so she's got this jar in her room. She calls it a gratitude jar. And every day, I don't know if she does it every day, but she's, she's quite um, religious about it. She'll write down on a piece of paper every so often what she's grateful for and she'll put it in the jar. And if she's ever having a tough time or she's um, she's going through something, she'll open the jar just to remind her this is these are the things I'm grateful for. And these are the things I have in my life. And she's taught us that lesson every single day. She writes about it on Facebook all the time. I think yeah. she started her own hashtag about it for gratitude for something. But um, she's taught us to be so grateful for the things we have. Yeah. Um, and to use those things to help other people.
0: I think that's awesome, man. I think you actually, I don't have to tell you this, but I think you're very blessed. Um, very lucky, you know. Um, and the fact that you're using that to to drive your way of living. So you're not lucky that you have this great mom but then you're just sitting back Mm. and and taking from her you're actually trying to pass that on which is great um before I get to our final questions how far do you think you're what do you need to do
1: yeah so I don't I don't ask myself that question a lot to be honest um I've said it to a few people now I've had one good season um and you ask some other people they might not even consider what I did a good season but For me, I I had a pretty good season and I'm happy with the way things went. Yeah. Um, Well, you got the Newcomer of the Year award,
0: so someone's recognized. Yeah.
1: So it's nice to be recognized, obviously. um, And I'm really proud of myself for going about the things that I did this season, the way I did. Um, But yeah, um, the challenge for any cricketer, for for anyone who's trying to climb the ladder in any walk of life, is to keep knocking on that door, um, keep producing results. it to the point where that they can't ignore you anymore um so i don't think i'm at that point yet Um, i've still got a lot to learn i've still got a lot to do yeah Um, but i'll keep challenging myself every day to become better um, and to produce results Um, when i get to that stage where i feel yeah i've done everything i can now it's over to you now and i speak over to you to whoever's selecting the team um i've put up the results um over to you now um, but I don't feel I'm at that stage yet yeah got
0: a good growth mindset it's gonna be it's gonna help you going forward I think yeah so let's get into the questions I ask all my guests so the first one is what are the five most important things in your life right now
1: uh my family number one um crickets I'd say is number two my friends number three um I'd say number five, I'll skip number four. Number five is my studies. Quite important to me. You're still studying? Yeah. What are you studying? Law. Okay. Yeah. So, and I find every time I read more and more about the law in South Africa, because people think they have this understanding of how the law works in South Africa. But the more and more I read about it in South Africa, the more and more I realize I really don't know what's going on. So it's nice when I read about these things. Um, it interests me. It excites me. It's, uh, it inspires me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd say my studies is number five um i'll put it at number four um it's difficult to say what's number five that's really important to me those four things are probably top yeah. of my list um i want to say my social life but it's it sounds a bit superficial not that important to me but it's important to me that i have that balance in my life yeah that i'm able to get away from the game when i need to yeah
0: you said you read a little bit. What are the what are three books that you would recommend to people that you've read recently that are?
1: Yeah. So when I say I read, I don't read the whole book. I'll be honest. Um, I'm not one of those guys who will read a couple of pages. Yeah. And something will jump out at me and I'll enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so
0: some books are just too long. As yeah.
1: Well. And some so you read them and you think, well, you're saying the same thing over and over yeah. now. So I'd say the three books that I'd recommend, The Power of Habit, um, that's where I learned about journaling, making journaling a habit. Yeah. Um, Ego is the enemy by Ryan Holiday. Ego is the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a really good book. Yeah. And the champion's mind champion's mind is where I probably learned the most about how I want to approach the game Yeah. as a cricket player.
0: Power, the power of reading where, where you can take so much from someone else's knowledge Yeah. without having to spend thousands of rands with a psychologist or whoever, um, yeah, those are three nice books I'll mm. link to them in the in the show notes um message to a young cricketer listening to this maybe you got a 13 year old aspiring to be the way you are and going forward what yeah, message would you? the biggest give?
1: message is just dream big there's no no limits to the possibilities for your life for your career as a cricket player um just have a dream and don't give it up for anything um until is that final nail in the proverbial coffin. Um, It's a pretty morbid way to think about it. But until it's really, really over, it's not over. So dream big, have lofty goals for yourself and then be prepared to be really patient for it, but really have to work hard for it. Those two things go hand in hand. Um, A lot of people, well, I say a lot of people, but people tend to think that working hard automatically means you'll get results working hard comes with a lot of patience and if you're patient enough and you work hard enough then things will happen for you and things will happen to you that you didn't expect along the way um, yeah. and become and you become a better person for the hard work um don't believe that if your hard work not rewarded immediately that it's not going to be rewarded ever um sometimes the reward comes a lot later in life and it's a lot bigger than you could possibly think it would be yeah
0: that's very cool man i felt like uh speaking to someone who's just ended their career not just starting their career you've got a lot of wisdom uh you think about things well um i know you don't like to think about it but i think you're a good potential leader for our country and for our cricket team one day um people have seen it in you and uh i can see it in you so
1: all i'll say is if that ever happens um it happens If it doesn't it doesn't it's not going to change anything for me
0: yeah well that's just my opinion anyway so anyway thanks for the thanks for the time thanks for doing this man and for all your input and i'm excited to follow your career and see where it goes
1: thanks so much nick it's been awesome chatting
0: cool man all the best
1: thanks